This is the day that the Lord has made.
Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us be able to see the confession of sins. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, forgive you all your sins. As a called and an ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We rise to the first hand.
In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, until the day when he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive, after suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power from me when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, Two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Our epistle is from Ephesians, chapter 1. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is hope to which He has called you. What are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power towards us who believe? According to the working of his great life that he worked in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him all over and gave, gave as head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father. 
but stayed sitting until you are clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While they blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and were continually in the temple, blessing God. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This time the big people can be seated. We invite the youngster and the congregation to go forward to the children. Here too. He 
he says, you know what, apostles, you've been with me a long time, and I've been here. You don't know everything. I don't even know everything. He says, it's not for you to know the times and seasons that God, our Father, has fixed by his authority. God is, God is in charge. Is that a good thing? Yeah. He says, but even though you don't know, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Isn't that what we just heard in the gospel today? I will send my Father upon you, he says, and then you will know and you will be my witnesses to the whole earth. And we heard in Ephesians, we heard Mr. Schumacher read in Ephesians also, it says, look, the same thing, God, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, is all-powerful and almighty and has all the praise, will give you the spirit of wisdom. The spirit will come to us and we will know God. And you know what God has done for us? You know what God did for us, right? He sent his son, Jesus, just for us. Just for us. And this is the truth, the Holy Bible. And what we have there is the true word from God and God's promise that will never leave us. All we do is follow him. Is that a good thing? Will you say a prayer with me? Say the words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Spirit. sermon in a hymn of glory let us sing on page eight and nine.
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. If you are called as a witness in court, you'll go up to the witness stand and you'll swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. And so as a witness in court, you tell the truth. What the Eighth Commandment makes clear, do not bear false testimony against your neighbor. When you think about being a witness, a courtroom scene kind of comes to mind, but that's certainly not the only place we find witnesses. In our readings today, we find Jesus leaving witnesses on standing on the top of the Mount of Olives near Bethany, up above Jerusalem, as Jesus ascends into heaven. The eleven apostles are there with Jesus. They have seen Jesus perform many miracles of healing, feeding, cleansing, driving out demons, calming storms, walking on water, raising the dead. They witnessed all that Jesus did. They were with Jesus that Thursday night when he washed their feet and transformed the Passover meal into Holy Communion. They were there when Jesus was arrested and then watched from a distance as he's tried by the Jewish leaders and taken to the Roman governor in the morning. They saw Jesus paraded through the streets with his cross and marched up to the place of the skull to be crucified. John was at the foot of the cross and the others likely watching from a distance as the life drained out of Jesus until until he hung dead on the cross and the Romans pierced him with a spear to make sure. They saw it all. They saw Jesus' dead body buried in a borrowed tomb and they hid behind locked doors then for fear of the Jews that they would be coming after them next. The eleven apostles knew very well what happened to Jesus. And then came Sunday morning, and the news that Jesus rose from the dead started to spread among the apostles. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus then appeared to his disciples. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. These eleven and the others with them know for certain that Jesus rose from the dead. They know that Jesus rose from the dead, and as Jesus commanded them to do, they spend the rest of their lives witnessing to the truth of Jesus' resurrection. They spend the rest of their lives proclaiming repentance and forgiveness of sins to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. Jesus prepares the disciples during his three years of ministry. He further readies them during the 40 days from his resurrection to his ascension. He promises to send the Holy Spirit who will come in 10 days after Pentecost. And some of these last words that Jesus speaks to the disciples confirm the writings of the Old Testament. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The eleven are eyewitnesses of Jesus' ministry and his death and resurrection. The eleven have the Old Testament, Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Jesus opens their minds to understand the scriptures. 
The eleven will receive the Holy Spirit fully on Pentecost. They have the tools they need to accomplish what God wants them to accomplish. How amazing it must have been to be there at Jesus' ascension. To hear Jesus' last words on earth and watch him ascend and disappear into a cloud. How incredible to have Jesus equip you with all you need to be sent out with the gospel into all the world. And it's easy to think, man, if only I was equipped like those 11 apostles. If only, then I could really make a difference for the kingdom of God. You know, those 11 were eyewitnesses. They had Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Their minds were opened to understand scripture. They had the Holy Spirit. If only I had what they had. But you do. You have virtually the same tools as Peter, Andrew, James, John, Matthew, Thomas, Philip, and the others. You are well equipped. Now, you're not an eyewitness, but you have the eyewitness testimonies written down by Matthew, Mark, John, Paul, and Peter. You have additional eyewitness testimony compiled by Luke. Along with this, you have Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. You have the Holy Spirit. Your mind has been opened by God to understand and believe the Holy Scriptures. You are well equipped. So be ready when opportunities arise. In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have, yet do it with gentleness and respect. In this contentious world with so many opportunities for division and conflict, you are called to interact with gentleness and respect. Witness to the truth about Jesus with gentleness and respect because that is how Jesus treats you. When you mess up and offend God with your sin, he does not treat you with angry contempt and dismissiveness. God solves your problem with sin. He tells you the truth that your sins are forgiven. In great love for you, the Father sends his Son to die on the cross to pay for your sins. He sacrificially offers himself for you. He gives you abundant hope, and he does it with gentleness and respect. As a well-equipped witness for Jesus, you bring the message of repentance and forgiveness of sins to a world that does not understand. You speak the truth in love with gentleness and respect into a world full of darkness and evil. And there is great evil in the world. We see that evil in big ways, in unjust wars, and in evil people who heartlessly kill children in a classroom or shoppers at a store. And yet evil simmers around you constantly with regular street violence. On a recent weekend in Chicago, 24 people were shot, six fatally, and no one seems to care too much. It's just a regular thing. A murder in Fairfield Township is huge news. Two people murdered in Cincinnati is just 
business as usual. Evil can become commonplace. You have great hope because Jesus died for you and rose for you, and yet you mourn the evil in this world. You don't want to get used to the evil and give up hope. Rather, you fight back against it. As well-equipped witnesses to the truth, you battle evil and darkness in the world. You battle evil in the world using the tools that you have been given. You battle the darkness using the light of the world. The love and forgiveness of Jesus flow out from you into this world. And this love and forgiveness diminishes the evil around you. You shine light into the darkness. You love when others hate. When someone attacks you, you turn the other cheek. You befuddle your enemies by returning love for evil. You're a sponge for evil instead of a mirror. You're a sponge for evil, absorbing it and eliminating it. Not reflecting it back, not causing it to grow. So that around you, evil shrinks and love grows. Live in the hope of Jesus. And when people notice that you continue to have hope when others have only despair, be ready to give the reason for the hope that you have. Declare that you are a baptized child of God and that he has made great promises to you in the blood of Jesus. Declare to anyone and everyone that Jesus died for them because it's true. Declare even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you need fear no evil, for the good shepherd is with you. There is great evil in this world, and it can seem like evil is winning, but in the end, evil will be destroyed forever. Jesus has overcome the world. You can talk about how frustrating it is that there is evil in the world. Why does God even allow evil? Why am I infested with infected with original sin? What can one person do about all the evil in the world? And then you can share the truth that one person can make a difference. In your interactions, you make a difference. You push back evil in the world. You indeed can have great impact on those around you using the tools that Jesus has given you. You shine the light and the light spreads. Be salt and light in a world full of decay and darkness. You have eyewitness testimony to the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Your mind has been opened to the words of Scripture. You have the Holy Spirit. You know the message of repentance and forgiveness. You are equipped to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Let Jesus' light shine. Put it under a bushel? No. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen.
We rise to sing the Te Deum.
God your favor and give you peace.